the cool thing that I realized, and it wasn't so cool when I realized it because it was really overwhelming to me, but I sent an email out to the fractal line and I said, if I would have known this one thing, I would have saved me, my children, you, 10 years of what I will now call hell, living hell, if I would have known this one truth. Welcome to Wealthy and Aligned with Human Design, the podcast dedicated to helping you use human design in your business from the ground up. You have everything you need right now to start serving the world with immense value and get paid to do it. In this podcast, I teach you how. Your energy has unlimited potential. It is time you learn what yours is and to start living into your destiny of wealth. Let's get on with the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, I have my husband, Garrick, on the show. I am so excited to bring our, I call it a like soulmate love story to you all because it really is one. Like this is a soulmate love story if there ever was one. We oftentimes look at one another and we just know we have to write a book about our lives because you can't make this shit up what happens to us. So I'm going to give you all a little bit of a pre-story because I feel like it's really important to know what the human design experiment really does offer for your life. Okay, yes, over here at the brand Wealthy and Aligned, we are about making a lot of money. But the one thing I can tell you all that has brought me more bliss and joy into my life has been the opening of my heart. And of course, the money is fun, but the money has allowed my heart to open, right? Like a lot of you want to start businesses and you want the money because of this, the feeling of scarcity underneath. Like if I don't have enough money, I can't live. I can't even have a family. And the truth is money and love are really connected. So I'm going to tie a lot of things together for you in this episode with our story. And of course, this is not going to be the all of our story. We will have Garrick back on because our brand, you are watching it unfold in real time, how we are now, our whole, my whole family is behind this mission of, of Wealthy and Aligned. We're going to cover a lot on this episode, but it's not all of it. All right, so let me just start back. We met, Garrick and I met when we were 20 years old. We were both going to school in San Diego, and we met at a bar in Tijuana. Okay, so there's this guy, he bought me this Long Island iced tea, and I was like, what? How did that happen? Because I had been trying to get one all night, and I couldn't get one. For whatever reason, I was being ignored, and I'm not used to being ignored, right? And I knew immediately in that moment that he was my husband. It was a weird feeling. He held my hand and turned around, and I looked at his back, and I was like, oh, that's my husband. I'm, I'm going to marry that man. There was just something about him, right? Like he felt certain to me. There was something safe. 
in his, what I now know to be an aura. He felt like home. And our life as a couple began like many people in love, right? We couldn't get enough of each other. And within three months, I became pregnant with our son, Noah. And from that moment on, our dating stopped, right? The whole world stopped at that moment. But we knew we were faced with a decision and we made the decision that we wanted to be together forever. And there was really no doubt in my mind, even then, that there was something bigger at play between us, right? Like our connection, our son, all of it was more than just two kids having fun. It was apparent to both of us, even then, that our souls had found one another and we were, you know, headed towards our life together. And life began to get real pretty quickly. You know, we had Noah, uh, the trials of being married with a young son started to feel heavy. And my mom got sick when Noah was only four months old. And from that moment on, our lives again would never be the same. And she passed away only 18 months later. Noah was only 18 months when my mom left this plane. So over the few years after my mom passed away, we, Garrick and I, spent the first few years of our marriage really establishing ourselves as what we called a stable family. Like we tried to do all the things to keep our family stable. So we, we knew we had to make decisions around school and we decided to move away from our, our family and, you know, lots of reasons why, but mostly because I had a very toxic relationship with my father and we needed to get like away as far, not too far away. We only went like an hour and a half away, but it was far enough away to where we felt, okay, we can actually start creating a life together. And we both were healthcare professionals. So I had my nursing degree be, well, I think I got it right after my mom passed away. I went full bore right into nursing school. I never took any time to grieve. I didn't even know how to do that. Okay. You're tw I was 22 when my mom passed away. Who knows how to grieve at 22? And Garrick wanted to be a fireman. So he went off to school and became this fireman. And we just did the best we could at creating this family that we, we thought would be impermeable to any kind of effect from divorce. Like we thought we were divorce proof. So he actually entered the fire service as our daughter Chloe was born. And Chloe's 17 years old. So that was 17 years ago. But right away from there, like life became something we just couldn't seem to manage together. It just didn't seem possible that the two of us could turn towards each other. It felt very much like we were turning away when we needed something in our marriage, right? So his entrance into the fire service and my mom's death changed our marriage. Those were two big moments in our lives where like looking back, we can say now, here's where it started. It altered our connection. And him being in the fire service took him away from me and our kids for long periods of time. There's something to be said about when a man or, I mean, or a woman leave the family for long periods of time, it really does change the dynamic of a family. 
And now that I know about my aura and I know how sensitive I am and all of those things, I know why now that I used to be so mad when he left. Like, I would get so angry when he would go do his job. It's because I am literally in physical pain when this man leaves my side. It's like a little unnerving. It's a little nuts. And it's because now I know that my soul just mourns when he's away from me in any way. It's, it can be a little, like I say, unnerving. It gets a little like, okay, calm down now. So again, I set up this whole story before I bring him on because I want to get a lot of the basics out of the way so we can get to the meat with you guys. Our intention in sharing our love story with you is to help you to open your heart really to the miracle that is your soul and that is your aura, okay? And we want to be an example of what is possible even when anger, bitterness, grief, right? All the not self seems to be what that's all that what the ego wants to hang on to, right? Even though you can make it to bliss. And we want to show you over and over and over again how love wins over everything. And how I keep using the word bliss, but it's like how blissful life can be. It's pure bliss. Every morning I wake up and I look around my life and I think, damn, I'm fucking powerful. I created this for myself. And all I did was follow the path my soul had laid out for me, right? And the same goes for you. Everything I have in my life, the income, the family, the thriving brand, it's all because I went in, all in on my human design experiment. It started there. Not because Garrick did, right? Not because my kids did and they learned their chart and everybody in my, all my friends learned their chart. No, I did, me. And that is all that matters. And I found myself leading a life that was truly fueled, absolutely fueled by my not self. And that led me to medicating myself, like alcohol, prescription medications, food, friendships, you name it. I was living in misalignment and medicating the effects of what that misalignment led me to, right? With more low frequency behaviors, people, decisions. What I did was I found my way out of the not self. And I did this by doing my work first. And because I've done that, my entire family has also found themselves out of their own not self. So do not mistake, you guys. You are hearing this story for a reason. Your heart, your soul needs to hear this, maybe for you or maybe for someone else. Okay, so without further ado, I want to introduce you all to Garrick, my partner in life and beyond, the soul that creates my sunshine, my heart, my love. Hi, baby. Well, hello. <laughs> hello. Oh. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'd like to wish I could give you a hug right now. <laughs> oh, uh, I knew this was going to be. Yeah. yeah. This was going to be one for me. This has been yeah. a vulnerable last, I would say, four months, five months. Oh, yeah. It's about as raw as you can get, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. For all of us, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. But a good one. Yeah. Really good. A miracle one. And Absolutely. 
So I'm I'm really glad that you're here. I'm going to try and wrap up my tears here a little bit to try to like speak. But it is, it's overwhelming how miraculous our lives have become after everything that we've been through. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think maybe we should start with the beginning a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess we could start with what happened to us after our primary trauma, which was the death of my mother. I think that the separation began to slowly occur at that point because of preoccupation um, for both of us in different ways, I would say. Preoccupied with? With the vacuum that that left. Mm. And I think that it sucked in a lot of different things for both of us. We were no longer on the same page because I was struggling to try to help you in whatever way I thought I could. But I mean, how do you, you know, when you and your mom were so close and suddenly she's gone? Right. Um, How do I fill that void? Oh, yeah. You see the pain, you see the struggle you want. I wanted to help you in any way I could, but I just couldn't Yeah. in the way that you needed. Yeah. And so, of course, that creates confusion and um, difficulty in my mind as far as, okay, what do I do all the time thinking, I don't know what to do for her. Yeah. And you're struggling the way I see it. You're struggling with such a depth of emotion and pain and grieving um, that even surprises you. Yeah, it was. It was as if the Titanic hit me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, we, I think we tried to, at that point, we tried to just um, fill that void with whatever we could grasp at on a day-to-day basis and being young and not being together for very long, I think um, didn't lend itself to having a very strong, unshakable foundation to handle something that rattled us so deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I know what I know about our auras, you felt what I was feeling. Like you felt the pain that I was in and I didn't know how to handle it, period. I had never experienced that kind of pain. Right. Yeah. And there were years that we both were just like, how do we do this? Like, how do we, how do we manage Danielle's pain? Yes. Literally years. I would say all 17 of them. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And as you can imagine, that creates a whole other set of problems. Um, Now looking back, especially on my end, because now I'm giving up and sacrificing me. Mm -hmm. um, Forgetting about me, leaving Garrick behind um, in order to 
help you. I'm, I'm so empathetic and so feeling of what you're going through and that it pains me to the point where I want it to stop so that it stops hurting me. Yes. So I was willing to do anything to, to, to try and do that. But the truth of the matter is, is I, another person can't do that for you. They can't be your happiness. No. No. They can't grieve for you. They can't navigate that for you. So as much as I tried, it didn't work. It never worked. Yeah. And that was difficult for me because I thought, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, why isn't this helping? And it just wouldn't. So. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was very hard. Yeah. And then it didn't, you know, it didn't help that we didn't really have any tools to navigate how to be married, how to have a family and how to do it functionally, which I mean, 90% of us aren't taught this stuff. Like that's what boggles my mind. Like I'm so grateful we have this opportunity now with our children to like show them how to be adult business owners, but we'll get into that in a minute. But nobody teaches you how to go be a married couple and raise a functional family and get everything you want out of life. Nobody teaches us that. Well, they teach you, but they teach you their dysfunction. Yes. That's what we learned from our examples, yeah. right? That's all it is, is what you, what you learn is from your example, your yeah. own parents. And that's what you bring into your relationship. And, you know, 99% of us are wounded, you know, in our own ways, bringing that baggage into a, a relationship. And then you yeah. add that into youth and not being together for very long, all of a sudden instant family, yeah. you know. It can be pretty chaotic. Yeah. And then we just, we, I know our hearts really wanted our family to work from the beginning. We just, we were that kind of a couple. We, you know, from the moment we found out about Noah, we were like, okay, we're, we're all in on this. Mm -hmm. And then it was, well, how do we make sure our family's going to get everything our family needs? Right. And we chose healthcare because we thought it would give our family everything it needed security, safety, always have a job, income, retirement, never be out of work, benefits, all that. Yeah. Right. And you know, your your journey your journey in and out of that fire service in the beginning. We don't we're not going to need to go into that, but when you when you did get the position as the firefighter, he he actually he went to work. His, his first week at work for his lifelong career was the week our daughter was born. And <laughs> two days before she was born, I, yeah, I started. Yep. Yeah, and but you were gone, so I was in the hospital, and it was the so I had had the two boys, and I was used to him being there with me for the boys, like overnight. He stayed the night in my room. We we both took care of our newborns right away. And when you couldn't be there with me, it was like, I want to say it felt like a, like a, another moment of my mom leaving. Now that I know how sensitive I am to energy, that must've been what it felt like to me. Like, oh, he's gone. Because it's, it was almost as if after my mom passed away, like you were that for me. Like you were that like, anchor of safety in the world mm -hmm. even as horrible as I treated you and how controlling I got and all of the crap it was still it was like my way of remaining safe here because 
we all know that's my whole big thing is I don't feel safe here. But so that was another part was your entrance into that, that line of work. Yeah. And it, um, I of course didn't understand that, you know, those words weren't spoken, um, by either of us. I don't think that was an actual conversation like we're having now, you know, that ever really happened. Um, it was kind of a flying by the seat of your pants day to day scenario. And I just felt like I was doing my part by going to work and making the money and, and bringing that home, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I felt that that was where the safety and security lied and was what we needed, quote unquote, to get us through. Well, I think we both thought we needed that. I think, I mean, because I can remember thinking, well, perf- like he landed the fire service job. We're good. Like yeah. our, we're, we're good for our family. Like I, I didn't know, of course, you'd never know what you, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, I, of course, we didn't know then what we know now, but specifically knowing what I know about energy and the aura and how you're affected by me and I'm affected by you and how we affect each one of our children and all of that. Now it all makes sense, you know, but at the time, all you want to do is what you think you need to do and survive. It's just surviving. That's all we were doing. Yeah, it was total survival mode. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you go into survival mode, a lot of needs go, you know, you go without, you sacrifice as an individual and as a couple, you know? Yeah. So then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is kind of where it gets hairy. So I, the story really goes like, well, fast forward basically 15 years. Yeah. Plus or minus. Yeah. Of just doing more of what we've been talking about, I think. Yeah. It never really stopped looking back on it as far as the survival mode. You know, we had some fun in there, definitely. A couple more kids. Yeah. Still thinking we were always doing the right thing with the working and, you know. But we had the same struggles everyone else does is balancing work life yeah. Still trying to have fun, enjoy ourselves, raise a family, do what we thought was right. But I think we always struggled to reconnect the way we were in the very beginning. Yeah. And those first few months, yeah. we had a taste of it, those yeah. first few months. And I remember always thinking, if we could just get back to that. Yeah. Just yeah. thinking that over and over. And then, you know, 17 years in, we both just... We're, I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe how angry we were. We were just so angry with each other. Yeah. And both drinking, both just turning away from one another, and both just being like, okay, this is it. We're done. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. Got intolerable. Yeah. That was intolerable. So that was 10 years ago in October. 
10 years. Yes. 10 years ago. My goodness. And it was not a fun divorce. <laughs> I don't know that any divorce really is. But it really threw our kids off because we had always just kind of had this happy family until we didn't. It was almost as if overnight we didn't. And at least in their eyes. And then we just, our family imploded. It blew up. So then we were, the kids were back and forth between houses. And I mean, we don't even need to go into that. It was just a messy divorce. And how was that watching me go spiraling down? I know that you had your own stuff, mm -hmm. but all of you watched Danielle, the, the show that is Danielle. I say that all the time on here, the Danielle show. <laughs> it just kind of went downhill from there. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, how do I describe it? It was like, it was a mixture of a lot of things. It was upset and sadness, but, you know, I think I was blinded by bitterness and resentment and anger mm -hmm. that fueled me for the first few years of the divorce. Yeah. Right off the bat, I think it was a lot of like I had a defensive stance and posture all the time. Um it was like going to battle. Yeah. Literally. And it was that exhausting. In the meantime, you're trying to we're trying to maintain three children's lives. Yeah. You know. Very poorly. Yes. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. They took the shrapnel. Mhm. Mm um quite a bit. Um, and that's, that was very sad to me Yeah. and not knowing how to not do that. Right. Not knowing how to prevent it. How do I stop this? How do I, I guess, control the situation yeah. more? And I just couldn't, Yeah. at least felt like I couldn't do anything. And I think out of that frustration and feeling of loss of control, um, you know, led me to um, make poor decisions and yeah. not treat myself well and get into the alcohol a little too much. And then that creates a whole nother set of problems. And it was just, you know, the, the classic snowball effect. Mm -hmm. And then communication breaks down further, yeah. which then hurts the kids more on down that yeah. spiral, you know. Yeah. I mean, when I say our communication was bad, like, I just want to paint a picture. We had to use a, the court appointed communication website to communicate. That is how bad our communication had gotten. You guys, I'm telling you, we were in a, like, I don't even know that rock bottom goes low enough for you and no, I. No, it was bad. It was bad. It, I, thinking back now, even I'm like, damn, this is a miracle. <laughs> No, it is. Every day I think that. <laughs> I mean... Oh, my gosh. I can remember telling people even not that long ago that, you know, we had a snowball's chance in hell. Yeah. That I would ever be your friend. Yeah, but isn't that funny alone. how people were even asking you about that? Like, that's what I think. People mm -hmm. would say that to me, too. Like, well, I think maybe you and Garrick will get back together. And I'm like... What Hell are, no. What are you smoking? <laughs> no. Yeah, are you kidding me? That, 
what no. weird world do you live in? Do you see what's going on here? Yeah. Like, there's no way that's happening. Yeah. What I think they felt, I don't think what they saw, I think what they felt was our soul connection. Now I know that. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that then. I just thought they were oddly weird saying things like that. But yeah. now I know it's they saw something we just didn't see. Right? Must so, have been, yeah. So this is a really cool turn of events. So Danielle starts doing her work. She she finds herself in the rock bottom that is Danielle. And she finally says, okay, how did I get here? How do I get out of here? And that started, that's when I found the human design experiment. And that started my work on me. So for three years, I pretty much did my work in my bed, doing my work. They know, they, this fractal line knows the entire story, yeah. but- you know, you you weren't. I didn't tell anybody that I was what I was doing. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't call the kids to tell the kids how great I'd been doing. None of that. No, I had no idea. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, Danielle has a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a business that has to do with helping other people navigate their lives <laughs> and businesses and money. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> have they seen our lives? Like, do these people know? So, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was very interesting. But I was just like, okay. Yeah, none of whatever. this makes logical sense. No. I tell my clients that all the time. Like, actually, the universe isn't logical. Universal law and the way that it actually works isn't logical. No, you can't apply no. that to any of this situation at all. No. No. For the most part. No. So So I guess you know what I'm really excited to get to is how did you how did you feel when all of a sudden I'm telling you I'm making this, I'm making this, I'm making this, I'm making this and then you know what? I don't think I need your child support alimony anymore. Mm, yeah. That was a an amazing cascade. I think that, you know, it was a few hundred dollars, then a couple thousand dollars and then more. And it just kept going up and it was going up rapidly. And I was like, what is going on? What is she doing? I don't even know. I, if, if someone asked me what you were doing for work at that point, I couldn't even have told them. Yeah. I had no clue. So yeah, it was, my curiosity was peaked, but at the same time, I was like, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Whatever. I don't care. (laughs) Angry. Yeah. I was just like, I didn't want to take the time to know. And, but I think over time, you know, we just started talking more. It was when I would drop Chloe off and Uh we would just converse about, you know, daily events or world events, different things, just basic conversation that actually started happening that wasn't happening before. And over the weeks and months of doing that, it just became easier to talk. And the anger and all that that kept me from running away every time melted away. Yeah. And I started, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how long it took, but I started enjoying the conversations that I noticed afterwards, you know, it'd be an hour or two and I wouldn't even know that the time had passed and we were just, you know, yeah, jabbing away. Yeah. And, uh. 
So I think that's when I started kind of paying more attention mm. and being becoming more interested. Like I found myself caring all of a sudden. Yeah. Like I wanted to know yeah. what you were doing and what was going on. Yeah, because I was no longer a threat to you. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. threatening anything for you anymore. I wasn't trying to control anything. I wasn't trying to force anything. I was just allowing and truly being in the present moment, which I had never done in my entire life. Right, which is the part of you that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. One of the parts. Right, the the part that we had about three months glimpse yeah. into of one another. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, you know, scared. A lot of people ask me about that, like how giving up the money and it's like I didn't give up anything like I learned to take care of me and telling you I didn't need child support and alimony was just my way of proving to myself that the everything I already know and believe is actually true and the universe does have my back like I have never ever gone back to you and said hey you know what it didn't work this month but the thing that was really important to me, and, and I will say it for everyone to hear, is you had my back. Like, I remember that conversation. Yes. I said, you know, I'm doing this thing. You know me with my things. It seems like it's working. But if it doesn't, please don't leave Chloe and I in a ditch somewhere. Please let us at least sleep in your house or something. <laughs> like, we lose everything. Yeah, and I... I think at a at a certain level, I knew that that wasn't going to be the case, that I wouldn't have to come in and rescue you from any sort of situation. I felt like the trajectory you were on was a a positive one. It looked, at least it felt like to me, knowing your tenacity and your stick-to-itiveness that you have for all these things and projects that you take on, had no doubt in my mind that if you were willing to give up the money, this shit was going to work. Wow. Period. You like did know that. Yeah, I did know that. Oh, but I of didn't course, know I that. would never in a million years, even if I did feel anger or bitterness towards you, I would never in a million years leave you to, you know, rot in a ditch yeah. somewhere without. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that. So it worked. Here mm -hmm. we are. Here we are. It worked. But let's go into the story of how you realized that it's time for you to come back into the family. Mm. Just talk a little bit on that, I guess, a little bit. Well, it was less of a realization than it was just a thing that happened. I think what I did was, I'm looking back, is I just got out of my own way. Mm. And I, I went with what felt right. And that's the thing that I'm trying to do is lead with my heart and my gut. Um, the brain does a lot of weird things, yeah. as we all know. Yeah. And you can really get twisted up if you allow it to take the driver's seat. So what I really wanted to do with this was, you know, 
get that out of the way as much as I could and lead with my heart and intuition and doing coming back together and participating in all of the family events and the family healing and being around everyone and the whole family and having them all come back together it just felt right yeah so I always said, okay, that's my positive feedback. If it feels right, then I'm going to keep doing it. I know if I like something or don't like something, mm-hmm. you know, by the way it makes me feel. Yeah. Um, all the other bullshit and the past stuff can be dealt with as we see fit along the road if we need to. Yeah, so it's just willing to put all that into the back seat and lead with my heart and my gut. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is you have feeling cognition. Yes. So I know you guys don't know much about your chart. So my family really <laughs> still doesn't know much about their chart, but it's so funny because they'll say things. I'm like, well, you know, this is that. <laughs> but it, it's, it's so true. And now, that, you know, when you decided to stop drinking, that's what opened that up. Yeah, I mean, it lifts that veil, that cloudiness. Yeah. And it actually allows you to feel. Yeah, because you're not numb anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just started planning vacations, you guys. I was like, well, we're all one big happy family. I mean, regardless of if Garrick wants to be uh, like a partner with me, we're still mom and dad to these amazing children. The children started to come around more, and we just started planning vacation. So we spent Christmas together and then we had planned on our Hawaii trip this year. But before our Hawaii trip, Noah came back from Vegas in March and I had to get an Airbnb in local because of the house being renovated. And you came to the Airbnb and you never left. Never left. Yay. Yeah. I mean, I really saw what was happening with the kids. Yeah. They opened that door for me because for both those boys to literally completely change their lives to come back. Within a couple a, of months. Yeah, barely. Yeah. Jaden within time. a month. Noah within three days. Yeah. <laughs> Willing to quit the job, break leases. Uh, risk friendships with no money in the bank account, leaving all their shit behind. I mean, you could imagine that takes a lot of strength and a lot of determination um, to do something like that. And for both of them to be willing to do that so quickly. Yeah. It's like, hey guys, wait a second. You know, I want to jump on this train too. (laughs) Yeah, um, there's that looks like fun. There's something really amazing going on here, and I'm not going to miss this for the world. And whether, like you said, whether you and I actually got back together as a couple yeah, um, wasn't even in my mind at that point. It was just family. Yeah, yes. Like, I've got to show up. This is an opportunity for me to right all the wrongs and to heal and to help these kids heal and, you know, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. And I want to do that. They want to do it. So it was like all hands on deck. Let's commit. Let's do this. Yeah. And it felt right. Yeah. 
I mean, thinking back on that Airbnb, it was like the perfect Airbnb because it didn't have a TV in the family room. Do you remember that? Yeah. And we would all just sit in there and just hash out everything. And the cool part about it was I feel like the reason that was able to to happen in the way that it was was because I had no expectations on anybody. And normally my role in our family has been, you need to do this, you need to do that, and you do that, and we're all coming together at this time, and we're all going to talk about this, and we're all going to talk mm-hmm. about that, and the result of that will be that, you know? Oh, yeah. and, and I was just like, wow, this is fun. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going, right? It was the definition of, you know, when people talk about things unfolding organically. Right. It that fit the definition. It just we all just kind of went with the flow, and you know, fast forward here we are. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that blew me away was right away the kids were like, "How can we help you, mom, in your business?" Like Mm -hmm. that weekend, and I was I was like, "Wow." Uh, Well, I I love my kids' help in the business. Like I used to think gosh, it'd be nice if these kids would help me in this business because they know all the stuff that I'm trying to do. They know all the tech. They know the sales. They know the marketing. They know all this stuff that's like foreign to me. Right. <laughs> so here here my family is, how powerful I am to manifest everybody. And then here comes my partner, my man, the man, back in to lend a hand as well, right? And in the beginning, it's just like, you know, we don't know. Or again, kind of clumsy, but... We're going with it mm-hmm. and just never left. And I'm so happy that you never left. <laughs> my life is yeah. so complete. I didn't know how incomplete my life was until you came back in. Yeah. And I'd say I could say the same. I mean, it's just amazing to me through all that anger and bitterness and, you know, raw that we were feeling and going through that underneath all that was just this undying love that always remained it was so buried for so long that you know and then the alcohol numbed it obviously as well and to uncover that and find it still there and intact is pretty amazing to me yeah and um that's what i'm having fun exploring now it's it's pretty awesome yeah i I could go I could go really deep on this one. I want you to tell everybody cuz we just talked about this before we got on the podcast, but I love your answer to this. When did you know that we were soulmates? <laughs> this is a good one. Um March. <laughs> yeah, so this, see like this March. Like I knew, yeah, March of this year, 2022. Like I knew yeah. when we first met. My my mom used to say, "You're good, Danielle. You've got Garrick." And I say, well, when did you know that we were soulmates? He's like, March. I knew March. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's for reasons I've just spoken about already. I think that, um, you know, I always knew we had a special connection over the years. But for everything to have occurred between us the way it did and over the time frame that it did, to come back together and feel this connection and this much love for you. There's no other explanation in my mind. Yeah. That it was, is deeper. It's just, it's at that soul level. Yeah. And that was the confirmation. It's like, wow, this is happening. 
and it's happening oddly easy, <laughs> strangely comfortable, that must mean something. Right. So that's when it kind of was confirmed for me at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and so we've just been really enjoying one another and falling in love with one another and deciding to build a business together and walk into the sunset with millions. This isn't the only business we're building. We're building many, many, many businesses. So the cool thing that I realized, and it wasn't so cool when I realized it because it was really overwhelming to me, but I sent an email out to the fractal line and I said, if I would have known this one thing, I would have saved me, my children, you, 10 years of what I will now call hell, living mm -hmm. hell, if I would have known this one truth. And this truth was revealed to me. We took the family to Joshua Tree for a week. We, Our son Jaden turned 22, and we he loves Joshua Tree. His environment is caves. And he loves to be out in nature. There we are, all in nature, all just loving Joshua Tree. And I had gotten emotional um, our family does a lot of just bonding and healing work. And I'd gotten emotional because, I mean, really, I just don't like being here on earth if we're going to sum it up. Like, I'm just like, this is a hard place to be. I'm in a physical yeah. body and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> be in a physical body. And I got emotional and take over the story from there because, yeah, you tell it better. Well... Uh, yeah, you were sitting, I was standing, and I um, kind of standing over you, listening, and just feeling this overwhelming empathy, you know, when you're upset, crying, and, but oddly feeling comfortable in it. Not oddly, for me, it is a comfortable thing being in that space. And... I just remember feeling that I was compelled that moment to tell you that that's what I like in you. I like that side of you. In fact, I don't like it. I need it. I require it. Yeah. It's like, I have to have that from you. I don't, you know, for so many years, it was the tough Danielle. It was the, you know, masculine. It was the... How loud can I roar, you know, and beat my chest, Danielle? And a lot of, you know, control and micromanaging and, you know, because she felt that that's what she, in order to make her environment safe, you know? Yeah. So in that moment, it just felt like, okay, I need to tell you that I need this from you. I need that vulnerability, that soft side. Um, yeah. in fact, that's all I need from you. And that's all I've ever wanted. That's I said. what you said. That's all I've ever wanted. That's all from I you. ever wanted from you. And I looked at you and I stopped whatever I was doing. And I said, what, what did you say? And you said, yeah, that's all I've ever wanted. And I literally, I think my draw dropped, dropped to the floor and I just stared at you. I stared at Jaden. Jaden was there and I was, 
like I don't understand. Like I was like I don't understand. It was shell shock. I was yeah. yeah. And then you started to explain it as and I I explain it. Like I'm not going to do it justice. Yeah, so the visualization that I have that I gave to them was that it's like it's like a cut on your skin if you could imagine a wound like a perfect V-shaped wound, right? So there's two sides to this wound. And that represents intimacy and vulnerability, right? Because it's raw, it's open. There's nothing covering it. There's nothing protecting it. In order for that wound, that cut, to heal properly, the two sides, the two opposing sides of that wound have to be raw and open. If one side scabs up, it won't reconnect to the other side. It won't heal. So the requirement for us to heal is to be open, raw, and vulnerable. It's absolutely necessary. You cannot do it any other way. Yeah. And I, like, it took me, I think, a good 20 minutes to understand what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I said, wait a minute, you mean all these years you just needed that? (laughs) And you're like, yeah. And the amazing part on my end I was trying to wrap my head around is I thought that was obvious. Yeah. And I'm just like, I was dumbfounded too, because I'm going, you you mean that's all I needed to say? Because I thought you knew that and just didn't want to give it to me. Yeah. Because you couldn't for whatever, you yeah. know, various reasons, daddy issues or whatever you want to say, <laughs> right. you know? But yeah, so I'm... Yeah, I mean, I I still, when I think about that moment, I'm still like, what? 10 years? And I just... I never knew that. And that's the thing. It's like the one thing you thought I knew, the one thing that you thought I knew, but you never said. And I went years always wondering like, what, why wouldn't he fight for me? Like, why wouldn't he fight for our family? Why wouldn't he do whatever it fucking took to save our family? Why? What, like, what was going on? That was it. That was like, I imagine it like a little splinter under the skin that that was the splinter that came out and we got, we're able to pluck it. And now the wound is forever healed because there's nothing now. And, and I, I mean, it's a beautiful story, but that moment was, um, very overwhelming, very emotional. I was very angry. Um, you know, a, a lot of things could have been avoided in my life had I known that. A lot of decisions I made, people I interacted with, places I've gone, all of the things because I didn't know the one thing. Not not just for me. Like I was mourning what happened to the kids and even what happened with you and just our lives. And I thought, this is insane. Like, Yeah, basically due to a miscommunication, misunderstanding. Yeah. More or less, if you want to boil it down to s- simple terms. Yeah. So we got back to the house that night because we had just gone. It was Jade and me and Garrick. We got back to the house. And I mean, the moral of the story is, is that solved everything for us. And our business now is taking on a whole new turn, I feel, um, because 
what, what connected for me right there in that moment was that is how I've been able to create so much money is I've been vulnerable. I've the one thing money needs from you as a masculine energy, which, you know, you know, because you're masculine, Hmm. the one thing money needs is vulnerability in order to come in and save you and rescue you. Yeah. And what we kind of deciphered out of all of this was like, I had never had an, you know, uh, somebody show me what healthy masculinity looked like. So my whole life was toxic masculinity and I was behaving with money in the same way. And that stopped when I started my human design experiment, started with money. I stopped behaving that way with money. And the beautiful other side of that is I was able to attract who is my soulmate because I have learned the art of vulnerability. Yeah. I think that you're available for that now. That's open. It's an open door now. Yeah. Um, like I said, an absolute requirement. It yeah. has to happen. Like you don't, in my opinion, you don't have a choice. None yeah. of us have a choice. Um, you want to make the money, you have to take risks and you have to be able to be vulnerable. Yeah. And it's scary sometimes. It can be terrifying. But the reward is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking for a word still to put on incredible. I yeah. think I found bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, magical. Nirvana. Nirvana (laughs) is one. I mean, I did a whole podcast on vulnerability guys. So like, that's it. That's the secret, right? You, 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 we all think if it's this, some big problem that we have or a block, an energetic block or subconscious sabotaging behavior pattern. No, it's communication. It's vulnerability. It's taking risks. It's being who you were designed to be in the first place. So the podcast vulnerability is, I think it's coming out next week because it blew me away. And again, some of you may already know that, but I didn't. And I have a feeling that a lot of powerful women, the boss babe, you know, woman, Mm -hmm. just doesn't know that. No, and I think that any of you that are that type out there need to understand that um, you can be that strong woman, that powerful woman um, that builds an empire and runs a family and does all those things. But there's someone in your life, whether it's a partner or a family member, a child that you have near you that needs you to be vulnerable sometimes you have to show your soft side your real side you know i told i told danielle that day that she can be the tough guy with other people (laughs) i know i know how badass she is she doesn't have to prove it to me anymore i want the soft side and that's that is real that's being real and that's honesty and that's truth and that's love and money yes yeah and i think that's a good place to stop i definitely will be having 
my love back on because this brand is evolving into much more than business. We have cracked the business code over here at Wealthy and Aligned. I did that. I did that already. You can come get the business code through Danielle over at Wealthy and Aligned if you want. And we are also cracking the family code. We're cracking all the codes over here, the energetic codes. We're cracking them all. That's what this brand is turning into is just really the life code. Maybe it'll turn yeah. into that. Yeah. Wealthy and Aligned, the life code. <laughs> But we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you took from this. I know Garrick would probably love to hear from you. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. It took him a little bit of a little bit of coaxing to get on the podcast. We this was just perfect timing though. It ended up being perfect timing. We didn't want to rush it. It is a little longer than our normal podcast, but it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It deserved our story deserves this amount of time for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, baby, for... I'm going to get emotional again. <laughs> for coming back into my life and just supporting me and supporting me being the badass and then letting me come home to you every night. I can't thank you enough for that. Well, there's no place I'd rather be, sweetheart. <laughs> I can promise you that. I had a lot of fun today. Oh, Good. Okay, everybody. I think I'm going to go take a big nap or something. <laughs> I will see you all next week. Cheers to staying wealthy through alignment. Okay, guys, we are giving you all a behind the scenes look into the launch of the high frequency formula. So for $99, you're going to get an all-access pass to see how I am taking human design into the world of launching. The first time I did this, I cleared $30,000 in less than 30 days. And I'm sharing this all with you now. So head over to the link in the show notes to get access today. So if you're curious to take human design into your business and you want to know how to create money through a launch in an aligned way, then you don't want to miss this type of access. This offer will close when it closes. So make sure you get in while you can. See you on the inside of Momentum. Thank you for listening. If you would like an opportunity to be hot seat coached by me, head over to the show notes and send us your information. And if you're ready to do business differently and stop your hustle so you can actually start your impact in only the way that you can, check out what ways I can help you personally navigate your human design experiment in your business down in the show notes. I help women find what people will pay them for and become unapologetic about doing it now. Because when high-achieving women become aligned in business and start calling in money, we impact the world in massive ways. Ways.